Tune in to America's Roundtable from Washington, D.C. in partnership with Lancer Broadcasting. I'm Joan Insami, your co-host, joined by economist Natasha Sardorch. America's Roundtable with leaders from business and government and conservative thinkers affirming our timeless Judeo-Christian values and principles. Kellyanne Conway from the White House. Thank you so much for elevating this issue into the public consciousness that much more. Wow, you do your homework. I wish everybody in the media were like the two of you, Joel and Natasha. Thanks for just preparing, and thanks for curing what I call information underload for the American people, vis-a-vis many in the mainstream media. You could talk about bias coverage, but what about incomplete coverage? You just spent a half a minute telling people more than they've heard in three years from the mainstream media about all of our strides to help them. Governor Phil Bryant. Joe, Natasha, thank you so much. I love being a part of it, and I want to thank both of you for what you do for America, uh, your strong voices, uh, those that are part of the International Leaders Summit and the Roundtable and the conversation that we're having today, particularly uh, talking about my good friend and my president, Donald J. Trump. The economy had never been better in America's history. There was more African-Americans working, more uh, Hispanics, more Asians. Everyone's working. Uh, The economy is on fire. Wall Street's the numbers higher than they've ever been. You see companies, corporations, manufacturers reshoring to America. Secretary Ben Carson. The president asked the council to redirect a lot of energy uh, to the underserved communities that were particularly hard hit by the COVID-19 crisis. Uh, and we find particularly the African-American community and Hispanic community had a lot of mortality. And that refocuses your attention on things like housing, adequate jobs. Uh, education is probably the biggest factor. Eric Trump, Executive Vice President, the Trump Organization. Uh, my father's a uh a person that loves the American flag, he loves red, white, and blue. He believes in standing for the national anthem. He believes in saying the Pledge of Allegiance. Um, he wants our country to win at everything we, we, we do. He wants our country to be the greatest economy, the lowest unemployment, the fastest wage growth, the lowest taxes. He wants to have the strongest military. He wants to have our veterans taken care of. He wants to have the best health care costs. And you see guys what he's doing every single day with prescription drug pricing. I mean, it's something that he's very, very, very focused on. He wants the best school systems and school choice. and he wants manufacturing to continue to come back to this country. And Governor Phil Bryant. The Mexican-Canadian agreement, what a historic decision that was by all of those leaders. I remember working with our ambassador in Canada at that particular time and, and helping as we might because uh, Canada is one of our largest trading partners, obviously in the United States and again here in Mississippi. Cheryl Chumley, The Washington Times. All that ails America right now is that we as a nation and as individuals have moved away from that great core concept of America that here in this country, our rights come from God, not government. And when we move away from that, what happens is it opens the doors for government to come in, take control, take powers that the Constitution clearly states that they're not supposed to have, but common sense Americanism also clearly states that they should in no way have. Natasha Sardoci, economist and co-founder of the International Leaders Summit and America's Roundtable Radio. Socialism has been tried and failed in Eastern Europe. And it did not just fail. Worse yet, from socialism, most of these countries transitioned into criminal capitalism or mafia states, whose tycoons and officials have at times sustain the Washington, D.C. swamp. 
The twin legacies of communist rule still persist today in Eastern Europe. Disregard for private property rights and the inheritance of institutional power by networks of corrupt government officials and their private partners in crime. The big tech, the big media, along with the Congress, uh, tried to impeach and get rid of President Trump for four years systematically. Turns out the FBI was corrupt under Comey, the CIA was corrupt. Uh, under Brennan, and so for me, the guys on the court are trying to act like they're, you know, highly principled uh, while the ship is going down. And so uh, the executive branch uh, is under attack. The legislative branch is being run by Nancy Pelosi and impeaching the president and Russia Gate and Ukraine Gate and the whole thing for four years. So I, I think it's incumbent upon the Supreme Court, the justices, to step up and to make some public pronouncements about what really is at stake because they are the last defense for the rule of law and for Western Zip. Congressman Brad, how should we respond to this kind of a mob rule taking over America? Yeah, well, right, and we're asleep, right? So the question is, where's Kevin McCarthy, the head of the House, on any of these issues? Where is uh, Mitch McConnell, the head of the Senate, on any of these issues? And they're hiding. Their heads are in the sand. And e even, you know, huge conservative think tanks, the Heritage Foundation, our conservative leader groups, uh, they need to be outspoken on this. This, this is not funny anymore. Th these are Americans under attack for real. It's time for every American to wake up, go back to first principles, those, the, the Judeo-Christian tradition, and then that gives you the rule of law, and then that gives you free market, and everybody needs to fight. It, it's not enough just to, like, agree. You need to get out and fight and change your school boards and your county boards and your state legislatures and get to work. Governor Phil Bryant. In the Middle East with Abraham Accord. What a remarkable job this president, the Secretary of Pompeo, and again, Jared Kushner. No one, no one. Surely in our lifetime, my lifetime, I think since maybe Harry Truman and FDR had actually won the war, but no one's done more for peace in the world than Donald J. Trump. Ambassador Blackwell, what is your message to legislators and conservative leaders in Michigan, Pennsylvania, and other battleground states who are showing somewhat reluctance and weakness in standing up for the rule of law, the sanctity of the ballot, and election integrity in the face of opposition? As Abraham Lincoln said, we're not a perfect union, but we're a perfectible union. And for 244 years, uh, America has been the beacon uh, on, on the hill. We've been a light of integrity and courage. Uh, and it's because individual Americans uh, have understood that a great nation is not the product of a great government. It is the product of good men and good women doing great things together. And there are times within our history whether it was the Civil War, whether it was the World Wars. There are times when good men and good women must take a, take a stand. You know, we are told in, in the Bible, uh, Psalms 11, verse, verse 3, if the foundation be destroyed, what shall the righteous do? The answer to that question is that you take a stand. You don't fear away. You take a risk for freedom. You take a risk to do the right thing. Americans that have gone before us have had that courage and have done the right thing. Uh, they've made us a better country. They've ironed out, worked 
our imperfections. They have fought wars for freedom. They've recognized the human dignity of the, of the individual. Uh, and now is our time to do it. That's what hangs in the balance. This is actually larger than President Trump. What this comes down to is what kind of country are we? And, and we must, in fact, have the courage to stare these irregularities, these transgressions, these constitutional violations. We must stare them down and do the right thing. Donald Trump Jr., Executive Vice President, the Trump Organization. We gotta stop funding corrupt regimes. My father's done that. My father, when he draws a red line, it actually means something. You see what they did with the 57 missiles into Syria. You see when he says he's going to do something, he actually does it. But that's not what we've gotten accustomed to from our, our governments and, and our officials doing anything. The reality is my father said that that's not going to be the case with Joe Biden, whose son's taking money from corrupt Ukrainian oil companies, who's getting money with and doing dealings with the Chinese government, allowed for the rise of China to become the juggernaut that it is. That was Joe Biden pushing for their joining the World Trade Organization, giving them every benefit, letting them steal our IP for decades. But you have a mainstream media that's abdicated their position of being journalists to be activists, to shill for the left. And that's what they're doing, and that's what we're up against. Obama's own Secretary of Defense, Robert Gates, Obama's own Secretary of Defense, said that Joe Biden's been on the wrong side of every decision of his entire career. At the time, it was 40 years, now it's 60 years. Hamid, as the First Amendment lawyer, please kindly share your thoughts about preventing online censorship and upholding the freedom of speech. Uh, Communications Decency Act 230 was a law that was passed uh, over 20 years ago when the internet was very new, when people were getting their internet access through dial-up services like America Online. There was no Google, there was no Facebook, there was no Twitter, there was no social media at all. There wasn't even a title of what is social media. In that different era, there was a law that was passed to help this new industry and make sure that uh, companies were not shut down because their users posted illegal content such as violence, defamation, etc. The way the statute was drafted, it allowed a communications provider to take down information that was defamatory, illegal, violent, etc., etc., but it also said a category called otherwise objectionable. Now, these extremely successful big tech companies have hidden behind that liability shield and made themselves into trillion-dollar corporations by using this otherwise objectionable label to take down any information they don't like, and all of these companies are run by liberal ideologues. And so they just decided to change the rules retroactively in violation of their own contract. We went to court to sue them on their own contract, and we lost at the trial court level because the court said they can do whatever they want. Well, these would be the only category of companies in America that can do whatever they want. These rules don't apply to, to newspapers can't do whatever they want. Banks can't do whatever they want. People who manufacture widgets can't do whatever they want. They can't lie to the public. They can't breach their own contract. They can't breach the public trust. But, but yet these companies do. So overall, what I would really like to see these companies do is reform themselves. They seem unwilling to do that. So one of the things the president did was cut the spending, you know, and, and cut the advertising. That, I think, is very well within the president's purview. There are people of two different minds in the White House about this. There are, frankly, some people uh, in the administration, unfortunately, who, um, you know, are more concerned about what they're going to do after they leave the administration. And, and you know, frankly, the big uh, tech companies are 
are very well-paying employers, and I think quite a few people are pulling their punches because they would like to be on the good books of these big tech companies, which is really unfortunate. Judge Henry William Saad. If the Founding Fathers had seen what the Supreme Court is doing now, they would be rolling in their brains, of course. This is not what judges are supposed to do. But if you are from the left and you want to fundamentally transform the United States into your vision and make it a secular country as opposed to a Judeo-Christian-based constitutional republic, then you need the judges to do what they're doing. And you need the governors and the mayors to do what they're doing and violate the rule of law by allowing rioting, by not enforcing the laws, no borders, no police. I mean, pretty soon, right? As soon as they say that, you know what they want to do is fundamentally transform the country. So how do you do that? The Supreme Court is key. Why? Because once they make a decision, like abortion or school prayer or whatever the case, or they say, you know, there is no Second Amendment to the Constitution. They really didn't mean that, so nobody has guns. And if they pack the court, they'll do that. Then all of a sudden, the game is over. There is no more debate. Because why? Because the Supreme Court's decided the issue under the guise of the Constitution, which means it trumps everything, when in fact it had nothing to do with it in the first place. So it is a power grab of amazing proportions. And because they're trying to do it, they're accusing the other side of doing it. And of course, what constitutional conservatives say is that we're not supposed to be engaged in that. Judiciary is supposed to decide cases and controversies that come before them based on the rule of law. Amy Coney Barrett must have said that a hundred times. But that's not what the left wants. They want just the opposite. And there's a power grab of historic proportion. And you can see it everywhere. This is America's Roundtable from Washington, D.C., an initiative of the U.S.-based think tank International Leaders Summit in partnership with Lancer Broadcasting in Michigan. We thank you for joining us on America's Roundtable. I am Jolan Sami, your co-host joined by Natasha Sardoj, economist and co-founder of the International Leaders Summit. America's Roundtable brings together leading voices from business, government, media, and the public policy arena. Subscribe to America's Roundtable on Apple Podcasts and Spotify and via YouTube on International Leaders Summit. Visit iLeadersSummit.org.